Have you ever wondered about group counseling? As a licensed mental health therapist, I love group counseling. On today's episode, I'll tell you why I love it and how I see my clients benefiting from it. Welcome to Your Zen Friend. I'm your host, Lauren Wolf. On this podcast, I will share wisdom from working as a licensed professional counselor for more than 20 years. Using storytelling and lighthearted humor, each episode will explore themes on personal growth, including tips and strategies to boost mental wellness and overall well-being. If you're a perfectly imperfect human like me, who's always striving to do better and feel better, then this podcast is for you. Let's get started. Welcome Zen friends. I hope wherever you are, you're doing well. On today's episode, I will be talking to you about group counseling, all the reasons why I love it and the benefits I see my clients getting from it. But before we get into that, I just have a little funny update for you. In episode number 40, Creating Your Best Summer, I told you how I had started to meditate outside on my back patio and it was my intention to meditate there every morning unless it was raining, in which case I intended to instead meditate in my sunroom, which has, I can't even tell you how many sliding doors, the whole sunroom is like a square room consisting of sliding doors, so lots of windows. Okay, so I did that a total of, I think, two times, and then I recorded the episode, and then a few things happened that include my dogs, some birds, and a bunny. Kind of like Wizard of Oz with a different cast. (laughs) Let me just tell you, I realized pretty quickly why I haven't done this in in the past. I've been in my house going on 14 years, and it all became very clear to me why this was not going to work out perfectly. First of all, my son and I had gone to a nature center some months back and built bird boxes, some bluebird boxes, and we had put them in our yard, or my husband, credit to him, had put them in our yard in early March. We were like, we are on this. It is early in the season. We will get some bluebirds for sure. Well, we didn't get bluebirds, but in one of the boxes, we got a little family of tree swallows. I don't have any pictures of tree swallows. I will tell you why. Well, funny enough, I looked up what these little birds looked like. I think I looked up birds that nest in bluebird boxes, and I was able to identify them from their appearance and also by the type of nest they made. But once things got cooking and there were eggs in the nest and a mama bird and a daddy bird, it became pretty clear to me that I was no longer going to be able to hang out in my backyard. And I should say once the birds were born, because once we could see these sweet little faces peek up in the hole of the bluebird box and cry for food, and it seemed like both parents were in on feeding the little baby birds. You'd see them both swooping around the yard and going to feed them. 
And what's really kind of funny, when I looked to identify the birds, there was a note in the description of them that said they are even less aggressive than bluebirds. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Are are bluebirds aggressive? What does that even mean? Okay, so one day I'm in my yard and I am repotting some plants. I'm not very close at all to the bluebird box. The babies had been born and all of a sudden I like feel something over me and I stand up and turn around and I see one of the tree swallows like flying away from me, start circling back around and heading towards me like something out of that Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds. And that thing was coming for me and it dive bombed my head and I was like oh my god I start waving my arms and it's coming back for me anyway circling around and dive bombing me so at that point I realized yeah I'm probably not sitting out on the patio and meditating in the morning so instead I thought here's what I'll do I will sit in the sunroom great plan now if I don't let my dogs Luigi and Snoopy aka Boopy, in the room with me, they will scratch and cry at the door. There's no way I'm going to be able to meditate through that. So instead, I let them in and I thought, okay, they'll just chill out here with me. But then there was a little brown bunny in the yard and the two of them were going to pieces wanting to chase the bunny. And side note, I also saw the tree swallows dive bombing the bunny many, many times. The bunny was not anywhere near the bluebird box. And as you can imagine, it's a little brown bunny, pretty low to the ground. I didn't think it was really posing any threat. It was just happily eating the clovers. And yet here comes the tree swallow. So many times that I was standing in my window doing dishes, I would see the tree swallows dive bombing the poor bunny. The bunny didn't seem too worried about it. He would kind of flinch and then continue eating clover. So all of this to tell you, what is that saying? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yes. So I shared my plans with you to meditate outside and I've been meditating inside. (laughs) Going to plan B. So let's get to our episode on all the benefits of group counseling. But first, let's take a short break. If you're local to Fairfield County, Connecticut and have children or teens, then check out the therapeutic groups I'm offering this August. You can find all the information on my website, www.laurencounseling.com. There you'll also find my contact information. I'm always happy to answer any questions. Let's get back to our show. I love group counseling for a number of reasons, and I'll share some of those reasons with you in no particular order at all. One of the benefits of group counseling is that it is more accessible to individuals. Group counseling is typically less costly than an individual or a family counseling session. And this, of course, is because the therapist is not working with you one-on-one, but working with you in typically a small group setting. 
When I run groups, I never see more than six children or teens or young adults at the same time. Six, I find for me, is a great manageable number where everyone gets an opportunity each and every session to share, to talk, and they also have an opportunity to get to know one another and especially to benefit from what they each share. And I'll tell you a little story. Once upon a time, I was seeing this sweet young boy for individual counseling. And his mom had told me, I think she had emailed me the day of the appointment with her son to say that he was really stressed out about some standardized tests that he was going to have to take that day. So when this young man, I believe he was nine or 10, came into my office and we started talking to one another, I asked him, so are you feeling nervous about this test? And he said, no. And so I said, well, your mom sent me an email and she said you were feeling really nervous about it. And he said, no, I wasn't. Now, I believe his mom had told me he was so nervous that he had trouble sleeping and even got sick to his stomach. But at this point, he's telling me he's not nervous at all. And I try another line of questioning and I'm getting the same thing. Nope, that's not me. I'm not nervous. So I wasn't sure exactly what to do. I took out a piece of paper and I started drawing a pretty simple picture of a boy and I said, well, I have this friend named Billy and Billy gets really nervous about these tests. And my client, the little boy, kind of perked up and he said, really? Why? And so as we started talking about my, in air quotes, friend Billy, this client was really intrigued, asked me different questions. I got to explain to him how my friend Billy was having an experience similar to what I knew he was having. And we problem solved this situation from the viewpoint of my friend Billy's having a problem. And this was a good accessible way for my client to do the problem solving without really having to feel his feelings in a big way and talk about what he was experiencing because he just wasn't quite ready to do that. In a group setting, the children get so much benefit from hearing other kids talk about challenges and struggles that are similar to what they're facing. I'm thinking of a group I ran about a year ago for decreasing anxiety for children. I think they were ages 4th to 6th grade. And this one kid in particular was a little bit shy and he didn't share as much as some of the others, but I heard from his mom how relieved he felt when he heard some of the other kids talk about some of the same challenges he was facing. So that is, I think, a tremendous benefit and really the beauty of group counseling. It normalizes what you're feeling. Kids especially feel alone. They feel like I'm the only kid that is having trouble going to bed at night and having these worries or whatever it is that they are struggling with. So when they can have their fears, their challenges normalized, it's really relieving to them and it's a great gift. 
And when you bring kids together with similarities, like in the instance I gave where kids were all working to decrease anxiety, they often have a lot of commonalities. That particular group of kids, kids struggling with anxiety, are typically really sweet, compassionate, empathetic kids. And because of that, they sometimes have trouble standing up for themselves with other kids. They might get confused with what it looks like to be a nice kid and what it looks like to speak up for yourself when you're not comfortable with something. Many of those kids struggle with that. And I'm also thinking of that same group of kids who were there to decrease anxiety and how one of the girls brought in an issue where she was being treated unkindly on the playground and the kids all perked up and you could see how they were caring and compassionate towards this girl and they all had great ideas and we problem solved together. That was so empowering because she didn't just have validation from me, but she had it from the other kids. And for those other children, it gave them an opportunity to see someone working through a situation that they had probably all faced something similar. And now they can use those problem solving skills and conflict resolution as they move forward in their own lives as well. Another benefit of groups, they are fun. I'll tell you about the way I structure my groups. So when the kids first arrive, we're just having a little casual conversation as we wait for everyone to be there and get started. And then I'm always starting out with some type of instruction or lesson. And that is usually pretty short, but it's always interactive. So I'll give you an example. In this group that I did for kids who were decreasing anxiety, we talked about how we all have a part of us that worries. And I asked each of the children to draw a picture of their worried part and give it a name. And as they were drawing, I was talking to them about how we have all different parts. I have a part of me that gets worried sometimes, and I have a part of me that gets excited sometimes, and I have a part of me that gets angry sometimes, and here are some different examples of what that might look like. Sometimes when I get angry, I say things that are unkind, and then I have a part of me that feels really bad and kind of guilty. Does anyone else here ever feel like that? Does anyone else here ever feel angry and then do things that make you feel bad? And of course, the kids are raising their hands and they're sharing different examples. And then we go back to our worried part, right? So we have all these different parts of us that feel different ways. Sometimes my worried part can get so big that it's really in charge of things. And it's telling me that things are dangerous that actually I know are safe. Like it might tell me that it's dangerous to go to bed at night because I feel like what if there's something creepy waiting for me underneath my bed? That was definitely a fear I had as a kid. I don't have that fear anymore, but I had that for a long time as a kid. Has anyone here ever had a worry like that? 
And again, the kids are sharing. So we in this lesson are just starting to play around and understand the notion of us each having different parts and also normalizing that we each have different parts, that there are no bad feelings, that we all feel lots of different feelings all the time. And then the kids will take turns and share their worried parts, show the pictures, share their names. And then after that, we typically will do something like play a game, something that is a little bit lighthearted and fun because that is helping us to all get connected with one another. It helps them to build trust with me and to feel safe and trusting in this environment so that they can share and work on things that are often difficult. So kids typically really like the groups. I have kids that when I'm not running them, they are asking me, when are you going to have another group? Will so-and-so be in this group? Because they form connections with one another. Again, it's such a relief for these kids to meet other kids who have similar challenges and struggles that I find they typically are drawn to each other and can get along quite well. I had a teenage group some years back who all formed a private text group. It's now been about two years and I hear that they still text one another. One of them named it Therapy Kids and I thought that was so great that they were keeping in touch even outside of group. Some of the kids even hung out on their own. So the kids typically really enjoy the groups. They often form lasting connections, which can be fantastic. The way I run groups, I typically run them in a six-week series. So for some kids that have super busy schedules with sports and other activities, this can be a great way to make therapy accessible that is for a finite time. I typically run them right after school begins in September and then again after the new year. And so those are usually times when sports are not quite in full swing and kids are more available to do them. And I think by making them affordable, by making them a finite amount of time, this is a great way for kids to have a good positive experience with counseling by making them fun, by making them with other kids who are having similar challenges where it's a positive experience and they feel like they've benefited from it. I always do my best to give the kids concrete tools during our group time. I just ran a group for teenagers and our goal was to each pick one thing that we felt really anxious to do and each week I gave them a different tool and we explored a different challenge of working through the things that were really afraid and anxious to do. And then at the end, most of them did the thing they were scared to do. One of the girls was really afraid of public speaking and we had an opportunity where she did some speaking in front of our group. So that was a safe way to start getting familiar with it. My hope is always that when kids complete that six week series, they do leave with some tools that are helpful for them 
in their lives moving forward. For me as a therapist, I love running groups for a whole bunch of reasons, some that I just shared with you, but it's also really fun for me to get to be creative, to do something a little bit different than just the individual sessions. It can be really fun and energizing working with the group. And sometimes the kids, the teens, they come up with amazing problem solving strategies or really great insight that I wouldn't have come up with myself. So they are supporting one another and themselves coming up with solutions that can be helpful. Now, you don't always find therapeutic groups available. Therapists don't always offer these. They can be a little challenging for therapists. You do have to find a group of individuals that have enough similarities that they will be working on the same things. Then you need to find people with the same availability. You also need to make sure that they will work well together especially in social skills groups when I'm working with a group of individuals and trying to help them to improve their social skills. I'm really looking to get, and it's typically for me kids, get kids with what I would call a similar social picture. I learned that years ago when I was running groups at a fabulous place called Super Kids. You really want to get kids with a similar social picture, which just means that they are at a similar level of skills in being able to make and keep connections with other kids. So for instance, if I had a child who really struggled to make and keep connections and had no friends, I would most likely look for other kids who had that same or similar challenge. I wouldn't put that child in with other kids who maybe had a lot of friends, but just got into conflict often with them. So that's a challenge. You have to find enough individuals with similarities and also with availability at the same time. (laughs) So that can be a challenge. And I think because of that, it can keep clinicians from running these groups. Also right now, it's so darn busy for clinicians post-COVID, especially for those of us who work with children and teens that then you're just trying to find time in your schedule where you can offer these. So there are some challenges, and this is why not everyone runs them, but I love running groups. I am running a group series early August of 2023, the week of August 7th. I will be running some groups beginning right after school starts in early September, Those are yet to be determined. I have to really see with my schedule what I'm able to fit in. I just think they have so much value and really offer a lot of benefits to clients. If you have any questions about group counseling or the groups that I'll be offering coming up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can always email me at yourzenfriendpod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at yourzenfriendpod or join our private Facebook group. You can find that by searching for Your Zen Friend in groups on Facebook. I hope this episode was helpful and I hope that you do have some groups available to you wherever it is that you live 
if they are something that you think would be helpful for you or your children. If you are enjoying this episode or have ever enjoyed an episode that I've put out, it really helps me when you take just a minute to rate and review it on your podcast app. A five-star review always makes my day a bit brighter. Until next time, friends, I hope you'll take some time today and every day to do something kind for yourself.